The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to the Inner Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Carolina Salazar, and I'm so grateful you're here today. I hope you're having a really lovely week so far. I hope you're taking lots of good care of yourself. I hope that you guys are just overall thriving and feeling connected to your higher selves because it's a work in progress. We're all in the journey constantly to connecting more deeply with our higher selves. And so cheers to that and cheers to the continuous process of growing and evolving on our unique paths. So for today's episode, we're going to talk about something that I'm actually really excited to dive into because it's relatively straightforward in my brain, but I think for a lot of people, it's something they want to learn more about and it's a little bit more in the physical health side of things, in the hormone health side of things than some of my other episodes that are more in the mindset side of things and more in the like mental health or spirituality angle. And I think this is something a lot of people are looking into right now. So I thought it'd be cool to make an episode all about it to share all of my tips as a hormone health expert, hormone health certified specialist and holistic health coach so that you can start implementing a couple of different things in your life to feel better and to feel more aligned with your hormone health. So today we're going to talk about the five things that actually make a difference in your hormone health. And the reason why I want to make this episode is because I know there's a lot of videos and information out there on social media and on the internet, and you can just like look up a lot of stuff that will be like, this will cure your hormones, or this is like the key to the hormones. And sometimes it's hard to tease apart, like what is actually making the biggest difference? What is actually something that like you have control over that can make a big, big impact in your health? It doesn't have to be like a fancy supplement or like necessarily even going to get like a test for your hormones because hormone testing is really great and can give you a lot of clarity, but a lot of people don't have the means to do it or their doctors are like annoying and like don't want to do it for them. And there are certain things that are within your control that you can just start adjusting and implementing and improving on that is going to make a difference in your hormones, like a positive difference. And so... With that said, that's what we're going to talk about today. I hope you love it. And if you do, definitely let me know. And with all of that, let's jump right in. I will see you on the other side and let's get growing. All right. So thing number one that makes a difference in your hormones is quality of nutrition quality of nutrition the quality of the food you eat the food you eat really is important and it's not like you have to eat a certain 
food in a certain part of your cycle or like you have to completely cut out like all the food groups or like something like that like it's really not like that I was actually struggling with like orthorexia a few years ago at which point I cut out all of gluten I cut out all of dairy I cut out like red meat like all animal products like I've been through extremes myself and what I've really found now that I eat all of that again like I eat animal meat I eat dairy I eat gluten like I eat all of that and I still feel like I'm at my best when it comes to my hormone health and it's because it's not that that makes a difference it's not cutting out things it's thinking about what you can add in and what are you actually eating that is nutritious and that is going to nourish your body and your health and so aiming to eat as frequently as you can and this does not mean eating this in every single day every single second like eat as frequently as you can whole foods aka foods that are not processed and processed foods you know that i would say are most important for you to be mindful of is like stuff that is like you know like a pre-made frozen meal or something that's like a chip that's full of like saturated oils that kind of stuff and being mindful of these highly processed vegetable oils because they're one of the most inflammatory things that exist in the american like food industry And so being mindful of those oils like vegetable oil, canola oil, soybean oils, sunflower oil, and they can be really sneaky. Sometimes it can be in like your almond milk or your oat milk or, you know, in chips or in certain foods like that, like in like vegan meats or in like little veggie burgers, like sometimes like that kind of stuff is pretty heavy in these oils. So I'd be mindful of that and I would also be mindful of like fake sugars, like anything like that is like a resembling something really sugary but is like zero sugar like for example these like syrups I have a friend actually that was struggling with a lot of like hormonal acne and we were talking about like how she was eating and like the foods she was eating daily and I asked her like do you what do you get on your coffee like do you get like those syrups and stuff and she was like yeah and so I asked her like I was like would you be okay with trying maybe going without it for like a couple weeks and seeing if you notice a difference and she like pretty much that was one of the only differences in what she did and also just being mindful of caffeine like not drinking it on an empty stomach and she literally told me that like the acne went away so that's number one it's like the quality of what you're eating and the also follow-up thing to that is aiming to buy organic for the foods in the dirty dozen list If you're not familiar with the Dirty Dozen, the Dirty Dozen is basically this list that's put out by the EWG every year where they list out the 12 foods that are most likely to have pesticide residue when you buy it in the store. And so looking through this list and having it handy so that whenever you're going out to buy groceries, you know to just buy those organic. And usually it's like apples, cherries, peaches, pears maybe, I know that there's spinach on there, kale, and strawberries, I think raspberries as well, like anything like porous. Look up that list and aim to buy those things organic. And then when it comes to your produce, everything else, it's pretty much fine for you to get non-organic. I try to get organic for as much as I can, but really just focus on the dirty dozen. And then for like proteins, I would say one of the most important things 
is focusing on high quality protein because a lot of the times proteins will have a lot of hormones or like additives and things like that that really mess up with your hormones. So aiming to have grass-fed meat or pasture-raised eggs, hormone-free, antibiotic-free, poultry, that kind of thing. If you're eating dairy, don't eat like dairy that has like zero fat but like has added sugar and you go to look at the label has like 20 grams of sugar like it's better to eat a little bit of like more whole milk whole fat yogurt and things like that and so that's like number one like the quality of the food that we eat matters matters more than we think and the thing with a lot of this stuff that we're going to talk about is that all the things when it comes to like your hormones it's not something you can necessarily visibly see right it's not like oh you're gaining weight or losing weight where it's like oh it's like physical you know it's more so internal. And because of that, you might not see immediate results. You might not even know, is it making a difference? But you're going to start feeling the difference if you continue with it. So that's just a little caveat that I wanted to make. And you're going to notice a difference in your gut health. You're going to notice a difference in your digestion. You're going to notice a difference in your energy levels. And that's really, really like what matters at the end of the day. Number two is liver detoxification. And this is something I'm crazy passionate about. And I learned a lot, a lot, a lot from Organic Olivia, actually. If you don't follow her, she's an amazing content creator. And her podcast is called What's the Juice? And she's had some amazing guests that have talked about liver detoxification. I learned about it in my hormone health specialization. And it's just something that's really fascinating to me. And the liver is actually like the number one organ also in Chinese medicine. And so overall, really important. And I'll explain why. So the liver, it's basically this filtration organ in your body that filters out all fat-soluble waste. So that means anything that comes into your body that is not water-soluble, that is not processed from your kidneys, like through your kidneys, is processed through your liver. And this includes your hormones. Your hormones are processed and detoxified from your body through your liver. And for example, in our womenly like menstrual cycle, we have two phases, like two primary halves of our cycle, the part before ovulation and the part after. In the first half of our cycle, the primary hormone is estrogen. But in the second part of our cycle, the primary hormone is meant to be progesterone. A lot of women, though, struggle with what's called estrogen dominance because the liver is not properly detoxifying estrogen from your body and then relative to progesterone it seems like you have too much estrogen or you just consume certain things that increase estrogen too much like alcohol or certain foods that have a lot of phytoestrogens or like a few other things that can increase your estrogen like from the household products you use etc and then your body's like overloaded and you know isn't able to process all the estrogen if your liver is not functioning properly so that is number one your liver processes your hormones however your liver also processes every other toxin that enters your body whereas it's like caffeine nicotine weed smoke anything medicines over-the-counter medicines advil as well as like smoke from the exhaust pipe of a car little like hormone chemicals that are in your skincare or your cosmetics or your pans 
plastics, like all this stuff gets processed by your liver. And the way I describe the liver, which I believe I learned from Olivia, is a liver is like a busy highway. If the highway is busy and it's moving, like the cars are going, like there's a lot of cars, but they're moving along and the liver is processing everything, right? Like the cars are the hormones. However, imagine an ambulance enters the highway. What happens is when the ambulance enters the highway, all the cars have to move over to the side to let the ambulance through. And then what happens? All those cars get stalled, there's traffic, everything moves more slowly. Those ambulances are these external toxins, are the alcohol, the caffeine, the nicotine smoke, the pesticides in your food, the harmful chemicals in your skincare products and hairspray and things like that. Boom, boom, boom. Like the ambulance is like, keep coming. And then your liver is like clogged up. And so being mindful of these external toxins, like the amount of them that you're inputting into your body and how much burden you're putting on your liver is key. And then you can support your liver by, for example, drinking a lot of dandelion tea or dry brushing. Also, castor oil packs are really helpful. You can do like UV saunas or like Epsom salt baths. That kind of stuff is really great for your liver. And Organic Olivia actually has a little tincture that you can use called liver juice which has dandelion and milk thistle. There's another version of like a tincture like this on Whole Foods that you can get. That just helps your liver like move things along a little bit better. But if your liver is overwhelmed with all these other things, it's going to stop prioritizing your hormones. And that's what causes this estrogen imbalances and these other hormonal imbalances because your liver isn't addressing the hormones that are in excess there that need to be processed out of your body. And the way that the liver eventually detoxifies this, like the way it exits your body is through your poop. And so having regular bowel movements, going to the bathroom is really important. It's really important. And if you are someone who gets like really clogged up and like constipated and like doesn't go to the bathroom, that means a lot of these hormones are being just recirculated in your blood. They're just getting recirculated into your body. And therefore, it's really, really key for you to also support your gut health and to eat a lot of fiber because fiber is what adds both to the stool. And the easiest way to do that is through eating beans, actually, grains, chia seeds, um, other seeds and vegetables, that kind of stuff, and drinking a lot of water. So that is number two. Number three is movement and specifically movement intensity. Moving daily or a couple times a week helps your body detoxify these hormones. Like, for example, it's one of the ways your body can also, like, let out some estrogen and overall keep your hormones balanced, like all of your hormones. And the thing that happens, though, that can flip this is if you're overdoing it on the exercise. If you're overdoing it on the exercise and you're pushing your body to the limit, what happens is you're putting too much physical stress on your body, which causes your cortisol, your stress hormone to get elevated, and then everything else gets reversed. Like, it's actually not good for you because then your body is in fight or flight mode, your body is, you know, stressed out, and then, boom, you're doing more harm than good. But overall, moving your body is great, and for us ladies, it's more so 
aiming to do those high intensity movements, heavy weightlifting, like really heavy weightlifting, jumping, hit, running, stuff like that in your ovulatory phase and your follicular phase, so like the first half of your cycle. And then during your period and the leading 10 days before your period, aiming to do slower movements like yoga, Pilates, walks, maybe even like light weightlifting, just slowing down the intensity. And if you are someone who like intermittent fasts, I'm not like completely anti-intermittent fasting, but it has been shown that for women, it is not the best thing for our hormones. And if you are someone who intermittent fasts, you have to eat breakfast right after you work out. Like if you work out fasted, like that is a non-negotiable and you have to do it. Like you cannot continue your fast after you've worked out if you work out fasted. That's a really important side note there. But overall, I don't intermittent fast. I don't personally recommend it really at all, but I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that. Number four is stress. Stress and sleep. Those go kind of together. Stress is incredibly important for us to navigate, learn about, because our bodies know the difference between mental and physical stress. And we can get stress from like many different things. Like there can be mental stress. There can be you know, I'm stressed out about work, I put a lot of pressure on myself, I don't think I'm good enough, I feel guilty, I feel shameful, I feel burnt out, like, that's more mental stress, but then there's also social stress, there's stress from, like, putting your body through too much physical stress, not taking rest days, overdoing it with the working out, not eating enough, not drinking water enough, or even not sleeping enough, and sleep and stress go hand in hand, Because if you're not getting enough sleep, you're not giving your body enough time to like recuperate after every single day, integrate everything that happened in your day, and you're not allowing yourself to rest. And if you're constantly running or zero rest or like no rest, your stress levels are way through the roof. And ever since I got an aura ring and I get like the data every day on my readiness score and my sleep score, I've definitely started to notice like correlations between when I get enough sleep, when I go to bed before midnight and how I feel the next day, like the energy that I have, my ability to focus, my ability to get stuff done, my motivation, like sleep is so important. And so ways to support your sleep are aiming to put your phone away at least 30 minutes before you sleep. And if you're watching TV before you sleep, wear blue light glasses, maybe have a little nighttime ritual. Maybe you make tea for yourself or like that really helps me or you read a little bit or you journal out some gratitudes. Doing something that's going to slow down your nervous system is really important to help support your cortisol levels. And cortisol and melatonin have an inverse relationship. So when we wake up, our cortisol is the highest because our melatonin is the lowest, right? Melatonin has an inverse relationship with light. So when the light of the day arises, melatonin is at its lowest and cortisol is at its highest, and then when the sun sets, melatonin starts to rise, and cortisol is supposed to go down, and that's why once the sun sets, it's really helpful to pull out those blue light glasses, but when it comes to the morning, as I was saying, when you wake up, your cortisol is the highest within like 45 minutes to an hour of you waking up, and so because you have that highest peak of cortisol pretty soon after you wake up, it's really beneficial to wait just a little bit before you have your caffeine. Wait around 45 minutes to an hour and have your caffeine a little bit later, like around an hour and a half after you wake up, you can definitely do it. Like it's hard sometimes. Like I sometimes like drinking coffee before going to the gym and stuff. And I've been really 
aiming to break that habit and I've made a lot of progress and it really makes a big difference in your bloating and your like avoiding energy crashes throughout the day, avoiding feeling really fatigued. So that's a big hack. I actually learned it from April who was on the podcast a few weeks ago. So that's on stress, caffeine, and sleep. And the last thing, the last tip is blood sugar balancing. Balancing your blood sugar is really, really important for your hormones. It's really helpful for your hormones because insulin is another hormone that has to do with our blood sugar. Whenever we consume anything that has glucose, our blood sugar goes up. And when our blood sugar goes up, insulin is secreted to bring our blood sugar back down. But if you're constantly having blood sugar spikes, your insulin is going to start going crazy and your hormones are going to start getting out of whack. And then everything else, like all the other hormones, are also going to get out of whack, like your you know, reproductive hormones. And blood sugar balancing is so simple. It's literally so simple. All it means is don't skip out on food groups. Like if you're going to eat a protein, pair it with fiber, pair it with a fibrous carb, like a potato, like rice, like quinoa, like some root vegetables, like any vegetable. Add some, you know, avocado for some extra fiber and some extra healthy fats. Add a drizzle of olive oil. Eating fats, proteins, and fibrous carbs is the key to leaving your blood sugar balanced because what that means is that it slows down the breakdown of the glucose and then it doesn't cause your blood sugar to spike all the way up and fall all the way down and then make you feel hungry like two hours after you've eaten or one hour after you've eaten. Like it'll keep you more full, it'll keep you more energized, it'll keep you more satiated and it'll prevent this insulin roller coaster, this blood sugar roller coaster throughout the day and ultimately it will support healthy production of your other hormones and a healthy balance of your other hormones. So those are the five things that make a difference in your hormones. I'm going to restate them. So the first one is the quality of the food you eat. So aiming to eat whole foods, unprocessed foods, buying the dirty dozen organic and aiming to avoid those like highly, highly processed like oils and sugary like sweeteners, stuff like that. Number two is liver detox and supporting your liver by being mindful of how much burden you put on it, drinking your dandelion tea, maybe getting the liver juice from Organic Olivia, dry brushing, maybe going to a sauna if you have that accessible, like choosing one of those things to try. Number three is movement and being mindful of the intensity of the movement that you do and giving yourself enough recovery time in between your workouts. Number four is stress and sleep. And caffeine, so being mindful of when you drink caffeine and how much of it you drink. Forgot to mention this, but never drink caffeine on an empty stomach either. Aim to drink it always after you've had some solid food because if not, caffeine is going to hit your bloodstream like instantly and it's just not beneficial for your energy levels either. And then also aiming to have a little nighttime routine, prioritizing sleep and wearing night blocking, like blue light blocking glasses if you're using screens late at night. And last but not least, blood sugar balancing, eating all the food groups, eating your fiber, your protein, and your carbs, and your healthy fats. And with all of that said, that concludes today's episode. I hope you liked it. I hope it helped you. If it did, let me know. Definitely send me a message on Instagram, share it on your story or with a friend who's looking to balance their hormones. And that just really helps the podcast grow and reach more people. And until 
next time. I hope you have a great rest of your week. I hope you take care of yourself. Pour into your own cup so you can pour from your overflow and give from your overflow. And I love you so much. Thank you once again for listening and I will see you next week. Bye for now. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.